Hello, everyone, and welcome to 2019, a year for the study of modern visual culture. This is the Atcast, and I am one of your illustrious hosts, Soup. I'm going to assume that you called yourself illustrious because that's Mari's last name and Ava. <laughs> I, you know what? I didn't even know that, but I'll, I'll accept it. I will be, <laughs> I will be the Mari of, of your rebuild. You're always the Mari. <laughs> yeah, I think that checks out, actually. I feel yeah. like that's about right. That's you. You got the glasses. You got the pink. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. <laughs> uh, this uh, week... I'm... Oh, no, hang on. Uh, Fuck. I, hey, 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 hey. I'm sorry. <laughs> I keep forgetting because you, like, start you talking keep... and then you, like, there's a lull and you don't introduce yourself. my name. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm the magnificent right now. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You just had to get some, get some emphasis on there. You need people to know who you are. <laughs> yes, clearly because you because don't. Because <laughs> I've I've talked to multiple people about this podcast and we've all come to the consensus that this podcast is carried by your laughter. <laughs> oh no. If, don't if, don't make it based on that. That's that listen, sounds terrible. Listen, if if not for that, this podcast would just be boring and nothing where I just like talk. And then, I disagree. I think your conversation is very good for this podcast, considering we don't listen, want me carrying the conversation. Listen, your laughter is what carries this podcast. Oh, my God. Just accept Please it. continue. Please continue with the beginning, the intro. <laughs> we don't okay. need to dwell on my laughter anymore. <laughs> this week, at stands for Absolute Territory, because we're going to be wrapping up the fall 2018 season, which is, I mean, I guess a magnificent way to start 2019. It's not the I ideal way that I would have liked, but, you know, it do be like that. <laughs> it do. It's fine. Yeah, I guess. I guess it's fine. So, you might have noticed that our opening music is a little different this time. That's right. Like the seasonal anime, a new year needs a new opening and ending. Preferably one that will get <laughs> us a little bit less sued. Hideo <laughs> please. <laughs> Ah <laughs> oh, no! Please don't don't nuke us into the ground, please. Please. <laughs> I promise it's not for profit. Yeah, we're nonprofit. The song is "Love Letter" in quotation mark, uh, not quotation marks, but in parentheses from you by Desired from the album Plastic Whatever, which is very fitting for us to like have the opening to our podcast be a song that has something in parentheses in it. You know, you're you, right. Like, it's a it's a yeah. very sort of Ava thing to do. Yeah, we're yeah. Ava all the way. So we have to disclaim that the song was changed from from the original. We've added Renu's lovely uh, vocals to it. Lovely. Which I have um, painstakingly uh, compressed to hell and back to make it sound like that. Please uh, don't. Yeah, you you needed to make it sound less like me and more like someone else did it. <laughs> Well, we just needed to sound like the song sounds like, which is to say, kind of like if you took 80s music and then garbled it through a radio and then recorded yeah. it with a tape recorder and then played it into a microphone through another yeah. radio. So yeah. it's a, it's very important. It, it It's what gives it that kind of like, that like funky sort of space, like that 
late 20th century space flavor to it. I should have recorded it like on my laptop microphone and then played yeah. that out to my good microphone and then it So <laughs> so that uh, yeah no it, it, I, you actually probably would have been better off recording this on a worse microphone but you know what it's okay it's it's fine. <laughs> uh this it's you know we changed it to reflect the its use for our podcast it's distributed under a creative commons license that lets us do that and yeah so that's completely out of the way and now we don't ever have to come back to that. But we probably we hope you will. like it. We probably Let will. Let us know. Uh, if, the, if you don't like it, we'll change in soups vocals. <laughs> uh, actually, I could probably I could probably manage that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, otherwise, we're just going to keep looking for music that someone will write for us for money. And yeah. oh, if you guys have suggestions, let us know. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be great. Uh, like preferably- non copyrighted music. Or uh, someone who takes music commissions that you think yes, please. would work for our podcast. We will pay mm-hmm. money for this service. We will pay money. <laughs> we need someone to make us an anime opening. That's just that's all, <laughs> no, that's all no. I'm saying. Just <laughs> an entire Someday. anime opening. <laughs> yeah. Any, anyway, um, that's, that's out of the way. So what, what have we been up to? It's been kind of a hot minute since we've talked to each other. It, yeah. It, like... It's, it's almost like it's been, it was last year. Ha, ha, ha. It's funny. Wow. It's, the, it's the news joke. It's, it's the I news joke. You did that. I've heard it many times, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean, in, in actuality, it has been like two weeks or so since we've spoken, like maybe yeah. even longer maybe. considering the, the record date of this podcast and the last one. Yeah, who are you? I don't know you anymore. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're completely different people. Our cells have... <laughs> you know shed off the the layers that made us and regenerated and it's the the cells that are talking to each other now are just like they're nobody like they don't know each other we i mean the mind remembers but does the body <laughs> anyway okay soupy what if what have you been up to over this glorious winter break dude i got to play lots of games i mean aside from uh, you know, spending time with family and friends, but who wants to hear about that? I've been playing. I tons thought you of were games. gonna say. I thought you were gonna say. Besides <laughs> spending time playing Yakuza, also Yakuza. But aside from Yakuza, because you know, I already talk about Yakuza all the time. Uh, yeah, I yeah. got to play over winter break with my friends in uh, in North Carolina. I got to play the tabletop game um, Red Dragon Inn. Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking. I was like, you have to know this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love, yeah. I love the games that are like, and this is kind of pertinent to a conversation that we were having about a project that we're not going to expose now. But I love, I love games that are kind of like that, where they're yes. like about um, the sort of Ansari stuff that happens, right? It's like, yes. oh, this is like, you know, this is about what happens when the adventurers are not adventuring. Like, I think that's really cool. I think it's super cool. So for those of you who don't know, this is a game based around the concept of a party of adventurers in a fantasy land, probably like D&D, and they uh, they stop at an inn called the Red Dragon Inn, and the objective of the game is to get all of your other party members wasted and you be the last <laughs> person standing. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's one big it's one big joke about how every D and D party starts in an inn. Yes, 
So yeah, this is it's great. It's a lot of fun. There's lots of different characters you can choose from. They have lots of different, uh, I think like expansion packs that have more characters and they all have different abilities, you know, wizards, uh, thieves, etc, etc. Like they have all, all the typical classes and also a lot of other cool stuff too. There's like a murderous bunny in there somewhere. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it was a lot of fun. Um, and let's see. I think at first I played a pirate. The it was the pirate that I forget his name, but he has blue skin and he like you can mark people with him by and you can give him your give them your token with the little his little eyeballs on it. I don't know. It's kind of weird, but it's cool. Uh, and then I also played the bard in the next round, which man, I didn't lo- I didn't win any of the rounds but like (laughs) the bard was interesting because obviously he's like super duper into the gambling so like he can he can gather lots of money really quickly and uh but the problem is that a lot of his cards you know they inflict damage on the other players but they also inflict damage on himself so it's it's a really quick game with a bard in it yeah And yeah, I did not manage that very well. I was like, I have no way to recover health with this character, and I have like two health left. <laughs> but yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I went to see my friends in St. Louis too, and we got to uh, they they have a switch, so they let me play the new Smash, and that was a lot of fun. I have never been good at Smash. I've only touched the game like maybe a handful of times my whole life. I think the last time I played was on the 64. And so this wow, game. Wow, really? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> wow. Renu. There were like yeah. three other Smash games. I know. But the thing is, is that's never been my kind of game. It's it's always like, I've always treated it kind of like Mario Party, right? Where it's like a, you know, it's like a party game kind of thing. You play it with other friends because mm-hmm. it's obviously like a, you know, at least two player game. Um. So yeah, it's never uh, you know draw sucked me in kind of thing, right? But this game mm-hmm. is so gorgeous, though this latest iteration—they're all really great. But uh, this one really, really impressed me with its graphics. And um, uh, my friend had already unlocked all the characters in there, so we got to have our free reign of all the stages and all the characters. I really love what they did with the uh, the Splatoon character. Uh, oh, I love the inkling. Yeah, like I love that the ability is, of course, focused on covering your opponent in paint. But like the fact that all of the models have a version of them with like bits of paint on them or completely covered in paint is just so good. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I will say like that's that's what's very impressive to me about the newest Smash is that there's just a lot. Like it is, mm-hmm. it is just kind of everything. Yes, and yes. like. It surprises me the characters that they've put in that weren't in the previous ones, like Simon and Richter, where it's just like, oh, (laughs) you took a handful of pixels and you turned it into a real character that looks still like it would be designed in that era, but like like a 3D actual rendered mod. This is very strange, but you did it very well. It's so well done, right? Like, you look at it and you're like, he he looks like he would be pulled out of that era. Like, they drew him like this originally, and then they just made him 3D. But no, he was originally, like, a pixel dude. And I mean, yeah, yeah of course, no they would have had, like, features. design art. But still, like, <laughs> it's so wild to see and, and have him animated and doing his all his whip thing and throwing axes and crosses and stuff. It's awesome. Speaking of fuck that whip, God, it's so long. <laughs> I played as him and I lost so bad. 
Listen, all you have to do is, is like, spam the whip attack, and you just win, because no one can reach you. Well, yeah, but I was playing... So my friend is playing Mega Man, though, and he wants to main as Mega Man, and so the zoning on Mega Man is really good. And we were also playing... Oh, no, no. He was playing as uh, Zelda that round. Ah, um, I And see. Zelda has really good zoning, so... Okay. I, and we were playing on uh, one of the maps. I think it was... It was it was that western map with the big hole, the big gap in the middle. Uh mm. I I don't remember what it's a reference to, but um yeah, I got outzoned really hard. <laughs> oh, I I know what map you mean actually. I don't know what it's based on either. Yeah. Um, I Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you do you have like a favorite character? Uh let's see. Uh the ones that I ended up winning with out of like I, I won like maybe four times. Yeah, I think exactly four times out of the over twenty some odd matches that we played. <laughs> but the ones that I won with and I guess I clicked more with were uh Zero Suit Samus, mm -hmm. Shulk. I won with the ice climbers, but I did not <laughs> know how to play them. <laughs> Basically the only reason I won with them is because I got the Ogre Club. <laughs> Nice. And, uh, and, and it basically focused, you know, the ice climbers down into, you know, essentially one individual because it takes the both of them to wield the club. So I didn't have to worry about like, oh, where's this one going? Where's that one going? I didn't have to keep track of both of them because that was what was throwing me off. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, because they were one giant club wielding duo, I was able to win with them. And uh, Bowser Jr., which is just, you know, the worst, most annoying troll character. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, to to be fair, like, the character that I really like to play is I just love Ridley, because yeah. Ridley's just the fucking worst. <laughs> I Listen, Renny, you have to understand that when, like, okay, so this Smash has been, more than any other Smash that I've ever played, been, like, the party game. Like, almost everybody I know likes to play it, and yeah. we all have a bunch of controllers collectively as a group now. Um, yeah. and like we, we have like three or four copies of it because like three or four people own switches and everyone owns the game Yeah, because it's good, but yeah, it's so good. Like you have to understand that when like my eyes are really bad, right? Like my prescription is probably two or three years out of date and I really need to get, um, a new one and some yeah. new lenses. But when you have about like, I think we actually hit eight people. On on whoa yeah because the game supports up to eight people and we mm. actually hit that cap. Mm. Well, um, <laughs> so my eyes are bad, right? I cannot distinguish <laughs> what happens on that screen. It doesn't matter how big it is. We played on really big TVs, and I still don't understand. Like sure. my eyes are not my old man eyes are not able to parse <laughs> what's happening Whatever, on the screen. <laughs> And so as a result, I do really well with characters where I don't really have to see anything. So I do really well with characters like Ike, where I can just kind of like spam one or two attacks in, in variation. And I will just, <laughs> as long as I'm like near another person, it will do something. And then Ridley is my favorite because you just do the most shitlord thing, which is you just press side B and you just like jump. And because there's eight players, you're just going to hit one. And then you just kind of pile drive everyone out of the way and then throw someone off the map. Oh my god. <laughs> and then I just do that from side to side until someone catches on. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of the worst. 
I mean, you're just playing to uh, cover up your weaknesses, but also into a strength, which is, ah, I cannot see. Therefore, I will mash the one move that I can. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, you know, if, if it gets to a smaller amount of people, I can start to make it out, especially because Ridley is such a big character. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just playing with three people, like, I felt like an old lady because, like, I was having trouble keeping up with my character because we were there was one round when we were playing i think two fire emblem characters and then one something else and i was one of the fire emblem characters and even though we were colored super differently i had trouble keeping track of myself on the map yeah because <laughs> yeah. it was also one of the big maps too so it was like oh geez <laughs> yeah as as a game like despite how different every character looks it's surprisingly unreadable to the eyeball yeah yeah, I think I'm legitimately it just takes like, more time how? to train and train your eyes. I don't, I don't get how people like are good at this game. I'm just like, are they are learn. your eyes they like train? Yeah, like <laughs> are your eyes just really strong? I don't. <laughs> sure. I think they attune their eyes. You know. <laughs> I, I think that's I think that's fair. Like I'm my eyes are attuned to Overwatch, so now I understand what that game is about. See, there you go. See, and for me, if I were to step into Overwatch, I would lose track of everything that's happening, and I'd basically spend all my time trying to learn where the map goes. <laughs> well, yeah, that sounds like fun. What else have you been up to? Uh, I think that's... Uh... Oh, we also played another tabletop game called uh, Mysterium, I think. Let me see. Mysterium. Tabletop? Yes, 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 Mysterium. Okay. So it's basically about you're all a group of psychics, and you have one person who is the ghost, and they're trying to convey clues to you about how they died, but they can't communicate with words. So once the game starts, the ghost is not allowed to speak at all, uh, even to explain rules and stuff like that. And so um, you're going through, as the psychics, going through these floors of the mansion and you're getting clues from the ghosts to figure out who killed them, uh, how they died, and where it happened. And uh, the way that the ghost communicates to you is by handing you these, uh, these vision cards. So like your psychics have a vision and then they get a certain amount of cards. And um, basically, it's almost like um, you you have a set of cards in the middle that you're that you're trying to match your cards up to. So, like for example, if uh, one of the players um, got a, car a card with a bicycle in it, and so they connected that with uh, one of the uh, portraits of the characters, they had a little snippet of a of a newspaper that had a bicycle photo in it. And they're like, okay, okay, that so that matches up. But a lot of the time, it's not that straightforward, right? So one of the, uh, one of the uh, motives um, was uh, that this person, the culprit was like a, a snitch, and so the card had um, them lying in court, right? And so the, re the way that the ghost... Uh, conveyed this was by playing a bunch of cards with a rat on it and it's like okay so this person ratted someone out and so that was how that was figured out so it's a lot of stuff like that where it's like you kind of have to <laughs> guess based on these picture cards that you get how they're related to the picture cards on the table 
and and try and get it right so that you can proceed further into the mansion and guess the other uh the other uh aspects of the culprit and then in the end there is there can only be one you know final culprit basically all these psychics come together with their clues but there's only actually one villain mm. uh and so you if you make it to the final floor in time because you can only you only have like 7 hours basically one evening uh, not not seven hours in real time, but in game time <laughs> uh, to figure out the culprit. Um, and uh, yeah, so it, it was a lot of fun. And I love those kinds of like deductive reasoning, kind of like guessing games, uh, solving mysteries kind of thing. So yeah, I highly recommend it if you have like a larger group. I'd say like around six people-ish would be good. And yeah, it was good. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. So that's that's basically my break, you know, aside from quality time with family and friends, like I said, was was mostly games. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so what was your break like, buddy? Well, uh, to be perfectly honest, my break was just just wild. Like Okay. I <sighs> I I don't I don't know why I do this to myself but like I just sort of sign myself away to as many obligations like socially as possible because Oh I know I know why because you can't say no. Well uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See you couldn't even say no then. <laughs> it's it's because when when it's break time, it is when I get to go home to my parents' <laughs> house and yeah. uh, hang out with all of my friends that are also home for the holidays. Of course. And that just means that I cycle between two different, like, distinctly different groups of friends uh, that I made in, in school and that I still keep up with. And the hordes of internet people that I also talked to. So <laughs> basically, I had um, it. It was a very sort of odd experience being that busy. I don't think I've ever been that busy over a break. But it feels like, aside from sort of Christmas time, and Christmas was not a relaxing event either, because oh, no. I had to cook lunch for the family that was coming over. Uh, which was oh. like lunch for eleven people, um, and that's that's an ordeal that I'll also like get into in a bit. But <laughs> yeah, so I was basically booked all throughout break. I it was like hang out with people and then have a day to myself and then hang out with people and having a day to myself was like generous at at best. It was like maybe sometimes because sometimes it was literally just. And I, I like last episode even right. It was record podcast, then get up and go to D and D, and then the mm -hmm. next, and then the next day go to bowling, uh, and then go home to play Stardew. So like that was that was kind of what my break looked like, where it was like just sort of hanging out with people all the time, uh, to the point where I I don't think I ever had more than two or three days. Probably three days is the most just to myself, which is probably a mistake, but also, like, I don't know. I, I mean, it's it's break. I guess I should maximize the time I spend with my friends or something. Um, 
it's it's a very odd kind of feeling that I get where because of the way that uh that tends to work where it's like I'm being very social for very long periods of time without a lot of like break necessarily in between. Uh, yeah. I end up in a state where uh, I don't want to be alone, but I also really want to be alone. Or I'm just like, please leave me alone. But then I, when I'm alone, I'm just like, mm, I could be hanging out with someone right now, though. But right, you feel restless. Yeah, I I feel kind of restless. It's almost like I'm. Yeah. Like, it's almost like school, where like you get off of school, and for the yes. first week, you're just like, yes. homework. Oh, no, what do hang I do? On. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm not late. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, and of course, part of this is part of this is amplified by the fact that winter break is like a bunch of events really cl- like pa- closely packed together right because it's like christmas and then you know your friends always want to hang out after that and then you have new years and of course you celebrate new years uh i celebrated it with some friends it was a very lovely night and then uh, new year's day i celebrate the lunar new year because and this is a very like sort of uh this is a very sort of like Asian American thing, which is to celebrate Lunar New Year on New Year's because your yeah. entire family lives like not in the same place and it's just yeah. more convenient to do it when everyone's home. So Yeah, when you actually have days off. Right. So we celebrate uh yeah, like, you know, you don't get Lunar New Year off, so mm-hmm. um you just celebrate it on normal New Year's. So, you know, I dressed up in, in my traditional Korean Hanbok. I went to my uncle's house and we had the traditional rice cake soup and it was yeah and then we bowed our heads to our elders for money and they gave us money which is really nice because you know um it it that's the kind of thing where you're just like hmm yes this this is good new year's money uh (laughs) but yeah but then right because it's like then i spent the rest of that day doing nothing because i was exhausted because i was you know, drinking the night before. Um, and then it's like a day of rest, right? Uh, the rest of the, the rest of new year's is my like day of rest. And then January 2nd is like nothing. And then January 3rd is my birthday. So, <laughs> so you, you know, like, Oh boy. Uh, we, we went to an escape room that my friend was trying to plan back in like August or something, but we finally mm. got around to it. And that was actually super fun. We did like a like an Alcatraz themed thing, and we got we escaped with seven minutes to spare. Oh, nice! Uh, somehow we we had to get a, a couple hints, but it was only ever like one hint per like quote unquote room. And it was as soon as we got the hint, we were like, "Oh, okay, we get it, we get it." So yeah, that was super fun. And okay. then well, okay, that's not the only thing that happened that night. Then we uh, had dinner. And then we went out to karaoke and we stayed out until like 1230. And then I got home and I immediately fell asleep. Like I legit was just like, I got home, I drank like two or three cups of water and then I immediately passed out. I was like, (laughs) good night, everybody. I feel like uh, a lot of vacation ends up being like that. Like you you think about vacation in anticipation. You're like, yeah, I'll get to relax, sleep in, do whatever I want, get to see some people. But it is actually exhausting. <laughs> well, so here's here's the thing, right? Is that's not that's that was not the end of my my adventures <laughs> because the next day I promised <laughs> I promised for uh, so, for go. some terrible judgment on my part, like I yes. I, I have bad judgment. So I decided yeah. <laughs> days days ago before this, I decided that I would go to show my friend 
my favorite ramen place because he's never had like proper ramen before. So I got super drunk on my birthday and then I woke up at 10 a.m. the next day so that I could go get ramen. Oh, dear. And also (laughs) so that I could get ingredients to make breakfast the next day because I promised my family I would make breakfast the next day because it was basically my last day at my parents' house and, you know, they wanted to have like a breakfast with my grandfather. So... Uh, I made I made uh I I made like Chinese crepes basically and like scallion pancakes. I made Oh yeah yeah. What what was it called? I think it's like Jidan Bing or something. Um it's just like a lettuce wrap. It's like a crepe lettuce wrap with a bunch of mm-hmm. Chinese sauces on it. It was very good. Uh and I I wish that was the end of my break, but it wasn't. Because then uh-huh. the next day, or no, that evening, oh, sh- oh no, I remember. Okay, it's it's all coming back to me now. Oh, jeez. So it's all coming back to so, me. So okay, uh, all right. So you so you know that day that I got ramen, right? Yes. Well, I was feeling tired at at about eleven because I, I mean, I I was just feeling exhausted that day because I was out until like three. And then I had to buy groceries, and then I came back home. So I accidentally fell asleep at 11. I really intended just to, like, lie down and... Oh, that's right. I went to dinner with my family. That's what happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so that was Friday. I went to dinner with my family and also got ramen in the morning. And then um, I got home probably around 10-ish, and then I lied down... At about 10.30 because I was like, I'm exhausted and I just want to lie down for a bit before I get up and, you know, actually do things. Well, guess what didn't happen? I woke up at, I woke up, I went to, I lied down at 11 p.m. And I woke up at 3 a.m. And I woke (laughs) up at 3 a.m. and got up and I was like, oh no, I'm not sleepy anymore. So I got onto my computer and I I watched a couple YouTube videos and then I, it was like 5 a.m. now. And I was like, oh, because I'm okay. So I, this is my this is my new like like guilty pleasure. I've been watching um, the there's a YouTube show called Scrapyard Wars put on by uh, Linus Tech Tips, where they they build PCs, but um, using like they have a PC building competition. Except there are like always there's always like a stipulation or two they have to follow. Like one of them, the latest season is they're not allowed to use the internet. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Um, but yeah, so that's um, that so I I spent like two hours watching that because I'm just the worst. And then it was five a.m., so I was like, oh, I have like dough to prepare. So I went to go prepare dough, and I really felt an affinity with like Chinese cooking. Actually, in that moment where I like was preparing this dough, and I was like, I feel like I have to bake something, but I don't. It's all like pan fried. And in that moment, I was just like, this is a really Asian thing I'm doing. Like, yeah, I, I, I understand Asians, now, you know, I'm yeah, I'm, yeah. The, the oven is never used. Right. right? The oven, the oven is, is pan storage. Right. Yeah. Because if you make a dough, you're not you're not putting it in the oven. You're not making a bread yeah. or or if you are making a bread, you're steaming it, which is like just yeah, so funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> I've never felt closer to the continent of Asia than at that very moment, <laughs> except for the time that I was on the continent of Asia. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was interesting. Um, but I prepped that dough. I I watched 
uh, scrapyard wars for another hour or so. And then I started making breakfast. And by the time my grandpa got there, it was, I, I had it done and we ate. And then I had to go get my hair cut and dyed at my, because my appointment was at 11 a.m. <laughs> so I drove into San Francisco and I got my hair dyed and cut. Mm-hmm. And then I got home in the afternoon because it took a long time to dye all my because my hair got really long. I didn't cut it for like two or three months. So mm-hmm. it got super long. So I had to get it, you know, cut and dyed. And the dyeing really took like two hours. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I got home. It was like maybe maybe almost four o'clock. But that means that I had to quickly take a shower and then go to my friend's like holiday get together which she put together on the 5th of January because no other date worked for the rest of us because my my friends are all, like, ridiculous, and some of them are just spend the entire vacation in, like, Mexico or Africa. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I had a holiday party. I I got, like, I got pretty drunk because I didn't actually eat anything after, like, 12 basically like i didn't eat anything really substantial and i didn't even eat anything really substantial after i got there so i had maybe a couple drinks and i was i was drunk and but that was a really good time actually i had a very good time at that party my friend got me a cookbook for the secret santa Uh, i got my friend a pen uh it was a lot of shenanigans that was where we played smash with eight people oh geez yeah it it's even more fun when you're drunk and you just like you're like I was like, gonna ah. say like no wonder also your coordination was probably off like in addition oh, to yeah, the blindness yeah. I <laughs> I'm so bad at Super Smash Bros like we we have yeah. a joke where um we always use the auto pick name generator because it's so funny they make the best names oh yeah so <laughs> uh, one of the names I got the first time we played was No Johns which was first of all just a god tier name. Uh, but then it became a meme because I, I was playing as no Johns, but I would do this thing where I would lose track of my character. And then because of that, accidentally fling myself off the map and then not be able to recover. So that became known as a no Johns. It is a no Johns (laughs) when, you know, you, you throw yourself off the map accidentally. I, I committed many, many, many no Johns. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It happens. It happens. You're just like, Oh, oops. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, so then then I had a day to myself and then I drove. No, I didn't have a day to myself. I drove down the next day, which was to say yesterday as of the day of this recording. Um, My. So I got up in the morning uh, after being drunk, but I luckily did not have a hangover because I took care of myself and drank lots of liquids. Okay. I dr- <laughs> I drove to the city and ate lunch uh and it was oh my god okay so the drive down here was so bad because january 6th was like the worst storm in like all of california in like months (laughs) no joke the highway i was driving down the left side was like the left side of the left side was like basically underwater i hit it a couple (gasps) times where i was like my car would bounce because of how like deep the water was oh yeah it was pretty silly anyway luckily uh, and the rain was coming down so so strongly that my music i just couldn't hear it all Um, wow but luckily i made it down safely so you know no need to worry about that now it's all over uh no one 
uh, I didn't get injured or anything, so my car is fine too, um, which is nice. Uh, but good. my goodness, it was like, yeah, it was pretty silly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was the most rain we've we've gotten in in a while. I think it was like one and a half inches or so in in LA. Something like that. Man, California was not ready for any kind of moisture. <laughs> well, yeah, it, like that's the thing, right? Is that it? We're not ready for moisture, and then it, for some reason it comes down all at once, and then like the nature thinks that's fine. It's like, well, we gave you, <laughs> we gave you enough water, yeah, all at the same time, and like we can't <laughs> use all of it. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, my break has been pretty wild, and I'm yeah. not looking forward to the fact that I have an eight a.m. class this quarter or the fact that my 8 a.m class leads into a 10 a.m class which leads into a 12 p.m class <laughs> which on tuesdays leads into a 3 p.m discussion which leads into a 6 p.m discussion oh buddy you have a full day <laughs> yeah, so my Tuesdays are basically, um, and I hope to God that they're not mandatory. The discussion sections because they're not they're not anything basically, and but unfortunately, uh, it's not looking to be the case. I think I'm just gonna have the full day, just just an eight to eight twelve hour day. But it's okay. It's okay. Well, it's it's just one quarter. I just have to make it through like ten weeks. Okay. So, if I'm not alive, really, during um, the next, like, two or three months, that's why. Um, it's, it's only on Tuesdays, right? Only on Tuesdays. My, my Thursdays are 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. always. So, okay. that is at least manageable. There you go. It's just when you add the, like, extra bits to it that you're just like, yeah, mm, kind of chips away amazing. at you. Yeah. <laughs> And there, it's like the thing about discussion sections is that, you know, they're there to make sure that bigger classes can have smaller sized class experiences, which is fine. But like all all literature courses are basically run like seminars anyway. Mm -hmm. So like there's no point because you're just kind of doing the same thing again. And I mean, I guess I guess I shouldn't say that there's no point, but it's like I just don't feel the need for this necessarily it doesn't provide any more value to me and as a result i just kind of sit in discussions and let other people talk and then i just kind of take notes and mm -hmm. maybe zone out sometimes but yeah that's 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 my life that's everything that's happened in my life we've been talking for like an hour because uh, well not quite an hour but we've been talking for a very long time because uh you know, it's been a long time since we've caught up, and there's a lot that happened. So, why don't we talk about anime? Honestly, yeah. like anime, uh, boy. At this at this point, like the amount that we've we've talked about our our, our lives over the past couple of weeks, it could just be its own episode. But we can't do that because of scheduling, uh, which is super fun, and I love it. <laughs> By which I mean I hate it. It's fine. But we can do it. It's fine. Power it's fine. Through. Winnable. So let's talk about let's talk about anime. Let's talk about anime. Let's start this easy because we're gonna be talking about Skull Face Bookseller Honda san or Gaikotsu Shotenin Honda san. <laughs> you said that so American. <laughs> Gaikotsu Shotenin Honda no Honda Civic san. 
uh yeah this this show is basically exactly what it was from the the packaging like we watched a couple episodes of it and okay i think part of this is because um we we did the fall start sampler episode in like the middle of the season and we're trying to not repeat that for the uh the winter season um but like yeah we've seen a good amount of this and then um like what we've said about it still stands it's really funny it's very real it is a very self-aware show um Mm -hmm. and uh, and yeah like i think if you want like a, a short form comedy show that is a little bit real and and it's very like very agretzko if if that's what you're into uh this is this is a show to watch yeah the the humor gets me in basically every episode <laughs> it's, like like if yeah. he's screaming i'm screaming <laughs> it's it's like he, yeah because the the main character just screams a lot except <laughs> I understand because that's also how I feel, but like this show gets to externalize it. Yeah, exactly. Like, and if you've ever worked any kind of retail job, any kind, it doesn't matter if it's like in food, in clothing, whatever, you can relate to this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's you know what I, I will say. It's like very, it's very charming in in the way that all of the characters have like these weird faces. Yes, and I love that. The people that don't are like literally nothing or their customers. You know, it's <laughs> it's 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 funny because it almost it almost makes the uh the booksellers into like not real people, which is like yeah. I think hilarious. <laughs> uh and completely the point. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm very into it and I, I, I love it. Uh it's it is a show with a lot of personality to it, and I highly yes. recommend watching it. It's it's so yes. it's so low like investment too like you don't Mm -hmm. need to watch all of it you can just kind of take it at your own pace and they're only like 10 minutes long it's like two bits per episode yeah yeah i'm i'm very into it and if you you want a relatable adult comedy this this is it (laughs) it's good it's light and nice (laughs) yeah 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 so next we have that time i got reincarnated as a slime tensei shitara suraimu datakin Nice. <laughs> and uh yeah, it's 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 an isekai and according to Soup the gold standard of isekai. <laughs> and uh it's it's exactly what you get from the title. It's about salary man who gets reincarnated as a slime as we mentioned in the start and it follows a pretty consistent plot line. It, it doesn't really like go too crazy in terms of like, you know, subverting all of your expectations because they kind of get that out of the way in the beginning in terms of like ah dude came over into fantasy world but now he's a slime so what do but he's an overpowered slime (laughs) i see the thing is i feel like i feel like the slime isekai uh sort of franchise at this point because you know it is it is a franchise is is the gold standard because it set a lot of these standards at least for modern isekai as as it is because it's like you know it's taking the kind of uh wish fulfillment aspect of sword art online and then mixing it with some of the more traditional fantasy elements of i mean like an rpg world really without explicitly saying it like it it's very much this is if if you're like 
what is an isekai? This is an isekai, right? Yeah. Like the only thing that's slightly different about it is the fact that he's a slime and that's mm-hmm. kind of it, right? Like mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's it's isekai played very straight, which is um I think fine because we don't have a lot of anime that are actually like that. Like I said, for some reason we always we got the the like reverse isekais first like we got the like kind of subversive ones first like konosuba and overlord and rezero without getting the actual isekais that inspired and um prompted those isekais mm-hmm. to be made mm-hmm. it, yeah uh i i will say i think that slime the reason it actually lands really well is because it's very um it is it is very consistent, but it's also very like kind of I almost want to say honest in like its emotionality. Like it's kind of sentimental. Like actually, no, it's very sentimental. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, I love how they characterize all of the NPC characters. You know, they are all pretty unique and like and they characterize races that you don't normally, you know, get to relate to, like the lizard men and stuff like that. Like I love that. Right, right, right. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of I'm surprised that Remonster hasn't I think that's what it's called. Remonster hasn't been turned into uh a, an anime because that's another one that is very similar to this one. Like it, mm. they they pretty much have identical premises. Okay. But yeah, it it is interesting because I feel like goblins are a somewhat a somewhat a more sympathetic race in in as treated in Japanese uh anime. I mean, aside yes. from Goblin Slayer, but like, I mean, you know, there, that's a I think whole there's two other poles. thing. <laughs> right? Yeah. It, it, it. Yeah. I mean, I will say it's like there are some moments in in Slime that stand out as being really good. Like, there are some moments that are, despite the fact that they're like kind of ch- almost cheesy and sentimental, it plays them mm-hmm. so straight that it kind of feels like genuine. You know, there's right. there's that moment where um, Rimuru is showing uh, Shizu what like modern day Japan looks like, and like obviously this is like a very sort of uh, idealistic idea, but it's true that this the current image of of Japan as like a I'm not gonna say thriving, but like a a powerful and successful nation is a far cry from you know the uh the war-torn like you know wartime world war japan that that shizu grew up with right like Mm -hmm. it's it's interesting to me this this idea of uh, uh isekai where like the the characters like there's more than one person that comes from another world and then they come at different times and their sort of uh experiences are um affected by that yeah i I think that's that's very interesting and i think slime does it pretty well because that moment is is it is like cheesy but it's also very honest and it almost feels like you know like it almost feels hopeful in a way where it's just like you know this this this, it's it's not gonna be the worst forever right yeah yeah it it might get better and and it did so yeah i i thought that moment was really good and i think that the the moments of uh characterization for the um because in the latest 
episode uh, that's like the the orc lord episode that one was also done really well um and i remember mm-hmm. that being pretty good from the manga but it's actually better in the anime oh um but yeah it it is a very kind of like straightforward sentimentality that i like i mean i don't i don't hate it is the thing right it's like it's because it's, fine, it's yeah yeah it it just is played so straight that i i'm like you know i'm inured to it i, I kind of uh, i'm charmed by it yeah there's a certain genuineness that comes across that isn't seen as lazy right because it it works toward that right and it yeah, builds toward yeah. this expression of emotions when you finally get to that conflict of like the conflict resolution right and uh i feel like not every story or not every series needs like really convoluted multi-layered emotional development or expression or whatever like sometimes you can play it straight and and have it work just as well yeah i mean i will say it's like it is very straightforward escapist fiction and i'm kind of okay with that because yeah that's what isekai is yeah and that's why i think this is the gold standard because it just plays it so well and mm-hmm. even even when like i i think this this show does the the sort of like you know we must fight for a reason thing sort of well because i mean one it's not like necessarily the central theme of of the show it's like there's a lot of other stuff going on Mm -hmm. um but i think that the reason that the the like orc like lord arc ends so well is because it's just like well yeah you know this person was obviously driven to do bad things by their circumstances um and we're going to acknowledge that but we also have to acknowledge the fact that you know we have to kind of like we we can't let this continue right it's just mm-hmm. like not good so yeah yeah i i think i think that it's good like I, I i feel like it's good also the animation is like surprisingly competent all the way through i kind of felt like they would slack in the middle but they didn't like it yeah. was very consistent throughout which i was very surprised about mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i think this this is done by studio mappa right I believe so. Oh, this is no, this is done by a different no. studio. This yeah. is done this is done by Studio 8-bit. Oh. Oh, they did How to Keep a Mummy. Yeah. Um, so so this studio did How to Keep uh How to Keep a Mummy. They've they've kind of done all of the like sort of B or C tier stuff that we've been watching. Yeah, they they Like do they did Knights and Magic and Shonen Made. Yeah. And uh, they did the Grisaya sort of series. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, in- interesting. None of these are really as good as Slime is. That, yeah, that's. But exactly a lot of a lot of these, thinking. a lot of these are adaptations. So I don't I don't necessarily blame them. Um, but that's yeah. that's very well, interesting. They that's a good one. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're like uh, what do they, what do you call like an anime th- thing like a discography. Well, they freaking did Knights and Magic. I hated that series. I just, I just said they did Knights and Magic. <laughs> Sorry, I was, I just read it and I. <laughs> oh, this, this is interesting. <laughs> they animated a hentai in two thousand one. There you go. You gotta go. There you go. Places, man. Listen, if if the the person who drew hentai can do Shokugeki no Soma, anyone can do anything. If you draw porn, yeah. you can draw real life. 
or anime, yeah. I guess. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I they did a very good job. I'm like highly surprised because yeah, I was really well animated. Sincerely expecting it to not look very good, and it actually yeah. looks good. You know what? This is also weird because it's another anime. Um, or I shouldn't say another anime. This is an anime that looks better when it's moving too. Mm. Yeah, I feel like the still shots of it don't really do it justice. It it looks a lot better in motion. I I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that it is about a slime, and seeing the slime bounce around is a lot of fun. That's true. <laughs> the the slime physics are excellent. Excellent. <laughs> lots of good, lots of good slime, uh, slime movements. <laughs> yeah, just like the boing bounce, yeah. bounce. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they they give a lot of character to the uh, slime, which is like a featureless blob too, which is nice. It, it, yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> So yeah, if I mean, if you want a good isekai, or if you want to know what the heck an isekai is, if you didn't know, it means another world, uh, and refers to series where uh, the main character is transported into another world, usually a fantasy one. Uh, that's the way we think of it in kind of modern, um, sort of 2018, 2019 conception of it. But uh, it has an illustrious history that dates back... A long time, and um, you know, it, it it doesn't have to be a a fantasy world. Like no game, no life is an isekai, but it's not a fantasy isekai. Mm. And I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and say this: Alice in Wonderland is an isekai. <laughs> That's right. Come at me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you cannot prove that I'm wrong because I'm right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if you just if you just want something like really straightforward, very kind of fun action, uh comedy, it, all that sort of stuff. Like if you want to see what, you know, Japanese fantasy is all about, this is this is pretty indicative of a lot of it. Mhm. So there you go. There you go. Let's talk about my favorite thing that aired this season. <laughs> Zombieland Saga. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love Zombieland Saga. It was great. And it was great all the way through. <laughs> yes. I okay. So here's here's the thing about Zombieland Saga is that you have a lot of questions that come up when you watch Zombieland Saga and then they like kind of have these points of intrigue where you're like, "Oh, I have more questions." And then they don't answer any of them and I kind of love it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I I was a little bit like, ah, but then I realized I don't really care. I I had so much fun watching this show that everything else like just didn't matter. Right. Like (laughs) this show is like it it, it has so much heart to it. And Mm -hmm. like that, I mean, that's a thing that I've said over and over again, but like it's so good like it's so (laughs) like weird and unique and and lovely and like all of the characters are treated so seriously and and also like the but at the same time the like gags land really well i i'm gonna be surprised like i'm gonna be honest like i was so surprised at how much i ended up liking zombieland saga me too Mm -hmm. because i wasn't expecting to like it at all Right? Me too. I yeah. I saw the poster for it and I was like, oh, this this looks kind of interesting, maybe a little edgy. 
and I, you know, went into it with like, ah, uh, this might be pretty like, eh, meh, mediocre. And I was like immediately caught off guard at how good it is. Right. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is one of the anime that we're going to finish this season. Like at that very moment <laughs> when we when we watched the first episode, I was like, oh, yeah. And then when the second episode rolled around, like, obviously, I've talked about this, but, like, the rap scene comes around, and I'm like, okay. All right, okay. Zombie Land Saga, I guess you got your hooks in me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was genuinely surprised at how much I cared about all the characters at the end, and how distinct yeah. they are, and just how good the, like the kind of weird meta layer about all this is done. You know, it's kind of like there's, there's the idols and they all come from different generations. And it's very interesting to me that like they chose to use, um, uh, Yugiri, who is a, an Oiran as, as, uh, an example of an idol, because I mean, yeah, that makes sense actually. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like so far removed from what we would think of traditionally as an, as an idol you know, right. even even some of the um, the other uh, idols in in the group are like, oh, this is an idol from like the '80s, and the conception of being an idol back then was much different, right? Mm-hmm. And I like that it kind of respects that. You know, it says like, you know, you don't have to to meet them. And I think this, I think I said this in the like year end wrap up, um, but yeah, that all that stuff is like really, really well done, and I love, yeah. I love the fact that it's like also genuine advertisement for like Saga, the like place in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> like that chicken place is real, <laughs> and I kind, I kind of, I love the weird meta layer of they shot a commercial for a real place in <laughs> an anime, and then they have the commercial air in the anime. Uh, I think it's great. I think I, I love that it's about the revival of Saga, and and you as an outside audience, you don't know like what is Saga, and then you learn it's a place, and it's like okay, and then it's like a real place. It's like oh, <laughs> yeah. I thought you were making all this up. <laughs> no, it, it's like a real place, and, and like all of the stuff they're doing is like real Saga stuff, <laughs> and then you're like, wow, that's pretty cool, and so basically. Zombieland Saga is the perfect advertisement because it has reached people that would obviously never know what this place was even a little bit. <laughs> and now there's there's probably going to be like a a tourist bump in Saga, which is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. But I love I love the fact that it's like there's this like a very odd conceit and they just roll with it. Like they just don't care. They're like, yeah. "You know, I bet you have questions, but it just doesn't matter." You know? Yeah. And it stays on track throughout the whole season. And you know what? Like, that's that's good. Like, they did it really well. And yeah, I like the fact that they don't care enough to give us answers because it tells us that, you know, that's not the point. And yeah. that the things that really matter are, are what we found along the way. And, like, this is, like, so funny. Like, it's <laughs> literally an anime where it's like, well, maybe the real like experience was the friends we made along the way because i mean it is yeah you stop caring about like you know the like uh oh the like backstory of these girls and maybe there's gonna be some intrigue about the fact that there were people who were alive no no there's not they're just genuinely idols and like it's like this huge bait and switch where 
by the time you get to that point, you are already heavily invested in the fact that these girls are idols and you want them to do well because they're all so charming and funny and weird. And the like the level at which it is like playing this game is like way beyond my my like conception of it where i'm just like <laughs> whoa my mind is blown at how much i care about all this stuff now you know it's yeah. like it acknowledges that there is a lot of um stuff that is not ideal about the idol industry you know it's kind yes. of like there is obviously the point about they're zombies so they never stop working and they're like always on that grind and mm -hmm. you know they're not even treated like people right and these are all very valid points to make about the idol industry but you know it does go back and and say like you know these girls are doing it because they love it and mm -hmm. it i mean again it's like it's so heartfelt and and lovely in the way that it completely tackles the like uh, this this like sort of negativity about it and and focuses on the po positive aspects of it without disregarding the negative aspects, right? It's like, that is so good to me. And uh, boy, thanks Psy Games for my life, I guess, because <laughs> this is a Psy Games produced anime, which is hilarious yeah. because Psy Games <laughs> is producing anime now. And we, good. and you know what? I just realized Psy Games keeps doing this idol stuff. You know what? Because they did Uma Musume. Yes. And now they did Zombieland Saga. So basically, Psy Games is like sort of end game is to make sure that all of their gacha games do well on the backs of idols. Uh, and also the fact that you're crying over them because they're well written characters. Um, but yeah, I was genuinely shocked at how much I legitimately loved Zombieland Saga. It's like from now on, it will be one of my favorite anime. Just like of all time. <laughs> I, I like that they didn't answer all the questions too, because I think that leaves room for season two should they choose to do so. Right? Yeah, There's yeah. enough intrigue there. I, I, like, I do yeah, think that's part of it, right? Two. Is that it yeah. is open to a second season. Yeah. Uh if they so wish, but even if there isn't, it still ends in a satisfying way. Like Exactly. Yep. The the sort of like um tease about like the fact that someone's on to their identities as like people is yeah. kind of funny to me because it's it just comes after the end it's like so nothing right because it's the the real conclusion of it is when they actually get up and they they do the performance and you know you actually legitimately care about it you're like please like go 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 you like, you you become a fan in that moment you know <laughs> you become yeah. one of the one of the people in the, in the audience and you're just like do it even though it's like they're still doing that weird like cg dance you're just like just do it go Don't do that do cg it. dance girls you can do it i believe in you um <laughs> And I just, I don't know how much of the CG is done, like, ironically. But at this point, I don't really care. Like, it's to the point where I don't care that they've started, the, the, that they used, like, CG for the dance scenes. I was like, oh, yeah, you, you could do it. I was too busy being emotional about it. <laughs> yeah, I was, man, oh, boy. And let's, let's, I mean, let's, like, wrap around to it, like, Zombieland Saga does a trans character, a trans like <laughs> idol and a trans idol main character, quote unquote, just part of an ensemble cast. But wow, <laughs> like I've I've never seen a trans character done well 
in a show that's not specifically about like LGBTQ stuff, right? Like, yeah, I like that they had the focus just on like one episode. And I'm not saying like in order to minimize it, but I'm saying like because that's the way that the show progressed, usually each of the cast had one episode where you explored a bit of their backstory or what their current conflict is and how they ended up in the group. And so they did that for this character, Lily. And after it was acknowledged and, you know, uh, her backstory was, you know, presented to the group, etc., they went back to their regular shenanigans right afterward, right? During the the next episodes, they went on to exploring other characters. And I like that the group dynamic didn't really change even though you would expect something like that to be contentious right yeah but that's not the point of the show and that's not really what the story that they're trying to tell they're trying to to tell the story of how the this idol group you know revives saiga or whatever right yeah (laughs) and and comes together at the end and then i like that at the end they wrap around to the main character's arc and then that is what really like solidifies the the bond between the group and right and what they've been through so I think that the treatment of this character was really well done because it wasn't overly focused and it wasn't under focused. It was just like that that right amount of balance. I mean, like this, like the reason that this is like it works is because again, it is something that is like legitimately the the focus of her. Um, it is it is like very deeply tied to her identity as like mm-hmm. an idol. And yeah. it's like very important to to her character, but it's not like the only thing that her character is exactly is about, right. Yes, yes. And the yes. fact that we're getting more genre stuff with you know um, incidentally queer characters. I mean, Banana Fish was written in like the eighties, but like you know, oh. <laughs> right? It's like uh, how far we really come. Like the fact that it um, we are getting like genre stuff with incidentally queer characters is, is really great. Right. Like, yeah. And boy, I, the fact that it, that they like, Oh, the narrative and the characters treat the character really well. Yes. And they like, it's, it's just handled. So like, like it, it's very sensitive, right? Like it's, yes, it's not like played for jokes. It's not played for um, like ridicule or mm-hmm. uh, it's not like super dramatic either. Right. Cause like the actual central focus is about their relationship um, or her relationship with, with her dad and mm-hmm. the way that that was frayed by by show business and, and exactly by, by the focus right? was about what was more important to her, which was her relationship with her dad and the idol and her becoming an idol rather than her being trans. Right. Of course, that's going to be important, but that's not the message. Right. Right. But but also the fact that like she literally dies because she realizes that she's going through puberty is like, yes, boy. Yeah, <laughs> that's like mm, mm-hmm. like it. The f- <laughs> The fact, the fact that like all of these kinds, of, I I have to wonder, right? Like I have to wonder who wrote this character, and if they did any like sensitivity like reading or anything, because I've I've never seen a character done like this in. It just in seems so anime. naturally approached, you know. Right. Like whoever did this might be like, like if they know 
anyone that's you know lgbtq or or whatever then they they just see them like you know as, as like, everyday people like it's nothing you know to <laughs> the thing is i don't i don't expect this level of representation right uh, from right. A- anyone really but like even even uh sort of more progressive circles right is right. It, it can be a very um contemptuous point like i think yes. it's very easy to uh not do this kind of character well like i think it's yeah, really absolutely. easy for people to have good intentions and then just like i don't know whatever they don't pay for sensitivity reading or they right. don't ask anybody who's actually trans like what, what what it's like and they end up in a situation where it's like it almost does more harm than good right mm-hmm. and the fact that this this show does it so well, so almost incidentally, right? Where it's just like all of these themes about her character, like very tightly wrap around each other and like mm-hmm. create something that's like much greater than the like. It's so so interesting that yeah. that this came out of an anime, <laughs> which is like <laughs> I, I'm I'm not gonna lie. This isn't me saying like oh Japan is a terrible place <laughs> where. <laughs> gays are not allowed i mean to be fair it's like not (laughs) legal to marry if you're gay there like let's let's be fair Um, let's be real like let's let's be real here but that's that's not to say that there isn't like a thriving lgbtq community in japan but it Mm -hmm. is to say that anime is notorious for being very 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 bad with trans characters because awful right because um it does it it like Anime as as a whole, right, as a community, has this problem where they're just like, oh, traps, bro. And, you know, yeah. even saying that makes me want to vomit. Yeah. But, like, this is the reason why it's so surprising to me that this, this character is done like this in a way that is, okay, and this is, like, the most important part, right? Like, this isn't, like, bullshit subtext Japan. This is, like, explicitly, like, this is a trans character, Right. Right. About as well as you can do that without just screaming like I am a trans character. <laughs> like just like straight out of someone's mouth. Um Yeah. Like I it's it it could not possibly be more explicit than this. Basically is is what I'm saying. Like I don't know. I'm I'm kind of in shock, right? Like if if you're if you're like me and you've like been watching anime for a while, this is like weird. Yeah, it's it's unprecedented, you know. It is, this and is unprecedented. I, yeah, like yeah. Well, I uh, it makes me hopeful that the that can that stories from that we're heading in that direction, right? Where yeah. we aren't tiptoeing around the issue, like like you know we're on thin ice or anything, because you can see that coming from a while away too, uh, or that we're like we're burying it in subtext or we're like deep diving too hard into it right it's just like just the right amount of treatment that you feel like the representation is there and you feel like you're doing the character justice that their character isn't just about being trans or you know part of the lgbtq community that this is a person right and you're focusing on their story as a person and it tells me that whoever wrote this uh is a storyteller and they know what to focus on yeah yeah i mean it's it's just like you know generally speaking like doing a trans character well is just the same as doing other characters well exactly like in so far as like writing a character 
is right and and like sometimes you hear about people like asking authors like oh how did you do these female characters so well blah 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 it's like and generally their answer is i i wrote them as a human being i just, <laughs> like, I just wrote, I wrote people them as a person. and people just kind of yeah. suck so you know there's your lesson <laughs> All for the people day suck. everyone sucks <laughs> yeah i i mean it, it, it was done so genuinely well that like i couldn't not like it and then like i yeah. i fell in love with the show like just just like that you know it was like mm-hmm. it, it, i mean it was icing on the cake basically and yeah i'm i hope we get more shows like this i i mean i i genuinely i genuinely genuinely do i'm this i mean yeah like i where did this come from uh from psy games heart thanks psy games for my life games (laughs) okay all right so next we have s s s S dot Gridman. <laughs> yes, Gridman <laughs> from Studio Trigger, and thank God we got this freaking anime. Because if I got another freaking Daddy Fuda, uh, yeah, in the if Bronx, we got another <laughs> bad Trigger anime, I would just hang up my hat and leave. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this was excellent. It was surprisingly excellent. <laughs> Uh, I love the animation, of course, because Trigger, but it wasn't like overdone, like, you know, bombastic Trigger, uh, which, of course, is is aesthetic, too. But this was like just the right amount of uh, animation for these characters that are, for the most part, they're just like going to school and stuff. But then there's kaiju battles (laughs) and um, they I, I love the way that they treat the CG in terms of like. It's definitely intentionally not their best CG work. And they intentionally leave it looking different than what's going on in the rest of the world. Yes. And I love that because it's very, like, nostalgic feeling, you know? Like, so, uh, rather than, like, rubber-suited kaiju, we get, like, oddly CG'd. <laughs> well, so that, that's the thing kaiju. about the kaiju, though, right? Uh-huh. Is that all of the kaiju were designed in such a way that it there could just be a guy in a yeah, rubber exactly. suit. Like, yes, there could be yes. a guy in, in that rubber suit, right? Yes. I I also agree that I ended up really unexpectedly loving Gridman. And yes. it wasn't until the second act of the show that I really fell in love with it. Mm. Like, because I love, like, I like Monster of the Week stuff, but I can understand that it gets... Uh, understandably kind of um boring to some people because it's like yeah. oh they're just doing the same thing every week right <laughs> so i think i think gridman strikes a really good balance between the monster of the week stuff at the beginning and then leading mm-hmm. into um a more sort of fluid story at the end mm-hmm. and yeah i i completely agree and okay by the way we've mentioned before this is not a spoiler friendly podcast so i'm just gonna spoil the shit out of this uh, the fact that the twist at the end is that it's just all like a, a game sort of simulation thing. That was what got me. I was like, oh my God, right? Like the, the fact that that's the reason why the CG is used for like the monsters and yep. for Gridman. Yep. And I mean, even the CG looks looks pretty okay, honestly. Uh, it, yeah, it's it like fine. is purposefully very clunky. 
but yeah. not in a way that is like unappealing to look at. Yeah. And and also like the reason I say this is because you can really see this in in the like last couple of episodes because they start to break some of those rules, right? Like these characters um who are in in CG are moving a lot more fluidly and mm-hmm. um like you can see it in uh the the kaiju that is created from Akane's heart where yes. it's like yes, it yes. moves really fast and like yes. really weirdly and yeah. you're really like kind of put off by it because mm-hmm. it's like too real almost mm-hmm. in its movements but in a way mm-hmm. that's like kind of um scary right yeah. it's unsettling to look at because it it moves somewhat realistically uh yeah. which is the uh, it's like right there in the middle of the uncanny valley it's very well done mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i just i mean i just kind of i loved it right because it it combines a lot of the things that i really like like you know i kind of like this over the top bombastic uh tokusatsu sort of monster of the week story where it's like oh great man's going to fight a big monster yay and then yay. uh i also but here's the thing. I also love when it really digs into the implications of the world and and the themes of the show later where they're like, um, like Akane's whole deal where she's like the god of this world and she's created everything. And, you know, it's just a dream that she's having, essentially, that she has to wake up from um, in a sense. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, I I love all of that, right? Like, yeah. it ended up being a very, like, touching metaphor, like an allegory for, you know, being ostracized and and alone and, um, hurting people and and being hurt. You know, it's very okay. I will say it's very Ava. Like the ending goes full Ava, <laughs> you know, complete with gay handholding. It is um, very it, it, yeah. It's got that that them strong Ava parallels, and I loved it. And uh, right, they, they build up to it too in an yeah. appropriate way. Yeah, they, bu- they build up to it really well. It's I mean, yeah. this is easily the best anime Trigger has has done. I, yeah, I. That's a big statement, sir. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, yeah, like. <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't say easily. I think Kill a Kill is still pretty good. I was, all things yeah. considered, there's there's still others that I'm like, mm. <laughs> still pretty good. Um, but yeah, like I, I I will say that this is like a really well done anime because it's I think because of its like um the the scope of it, like the the framing of it, it's kind of explicitly a, a very meta show because mm-hmm. it. It has a lot more like kind of cinematic um, framing than uh, a lot of anime. It's not framed necessarily like an anime. There's a lot of like, like the like the shot where um, the like characters, uh, the like uh, Gridman characters are like running, and then the like uh, and and um, uh, uh, Auntie and uh, the kaiju like re- reruns are fighting. Right, that's a really, really well shot scene, quote unquote shot. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. and like, there's the writing is also really good. Like the the way that they implement the writing, um, and the time that they spend explaining the world is like very subtle, 
or not subtle necessarily, but it's not over the top, right? Yes, exactly. There's a lot of showing and especially between characters um, and especially, and I will say this, especially between uh, Auntie and Akane where, Mm -hmm. you know, because Akane is like a real person, like Mm -hmm. that's the kind of the conceit of the show. Like she's a real human being from our world, right? It's 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 kind of like that conversation between Auntie and Akane where he like tries to hand her the umbrella and she's just like no, right? Yes. That scene is so good. And mm-hmm. you get all of the emotion in that scene without anyone saying anything about that, right? They're just mm-hmm. like like oh, I can see it in your eyes or whatever, right? They they don't say like oh, you look so terrible or like I'm so sad. It's like it's <laughs> the feeling of like Leave me alone. I don't want to talk to you without ever explicitly necessarily saying that is so good. Yeah, like they do such a good job with like body language, like especially between those two. Like you see her complete dismissal of him. Like most of the time she isn't even looking at him when she's talking to him, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's great. I, I also love the fact that it essentially like shifts from the monster of the week thing to like quote-unquote modern storytelling conventions like Mm -hmm. it goes from this is a straightforward show about a boy who turns into a giant robot to fight monsters to like oh by the way this is like all a, a virtual reality dream by a person who is feeling like lonely and uh and like depressed right it's like oh yeah it is yeah it, it makes that shift really, really well, too. Exactly. Like, it's not one of those, like, ha-ha, plot twist moments. Uh, it's more of like a... By that point, they've explained that Akane made this world, but it's become too big for her, and that just, like, ruins her, right? And you right. kind of get the sense that this is something that she's feared, like, all this time, and you're like, hmm, why? This has some. This is more deep-seated than that, right? Mm-hmm. And then when the final reveal happens, like, ah, she's a real person who secluded herself into her room, you're like, that's why. This was supposed yes. to be her escape. Yeah. And because the world is too big for her and she doesn't know how to deal with that. Yeah, that was that was why I loved the the first, uh, or like the last scenes uh, yeah. in, in, the, in the anime where uh, they're like talking in the room and yes. where she's like, in like she's crying in the room too like where she's like uh like god the i that was the moment where i was like oh this is like this is like real like yeah and and the fact that they reveal that and they never say it right like oh my god they never say it which is so good but you know it yeah exactly you know it and and i love the fact that she it's basically like this whole world is like full of her imaginary friends, right? And right, so exactly, it, it, it makes sense that she never felt any comfort whenever they're like, "Oh, where are your friends?" Blah blah blah, and why she couldn't believe them until the very very end when, uh, when when they were having the talk and and Rico was like, "You, I just want you to you know carry me in your heart, and you know I'm not going to be able to go to whatever world that gods go to, but I just hope you'll carry me with you." And that's why she gives her the the passport. The yeah, day. I mean, what's what's so interesting about that to me though is that there's like a couple of really um, key moments that stand out to me, which is that um, in in the last scene where they're like um, where she's like uh, 
uh, where they're talking about, was like, why was it Utah that uh, carries Gridman or whatever, right? Yeah. And you have that scene where everyone is talking to or looking at Akane, except for Utah, who is looking at Rika. And so mm. you have this, you have this like, like level where, you know, Utah is like the only one who can save uh, Akane because. In a world where everyone is made to like Akane and like love Akane, he mm-hmm. chooses to like Rika instead. And mm-hmm. I think to the point, um, it almost feels like to me that that Rika is like also part part of Akane because yeah. when she wakes up in in the real life, like she looks like Rika, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that would make a lot of sense for the way that the um, show is framed because it's like yeah. okay, so if you're gonna carry me with you, right? It, it and probably really what that means is like Rika was was really Akane to begin with right like they were kind of the same they were kind of the same person and and that Akane was actually just like a projection and yeah yeah the way that it's done at the end where you know it's like oh fighting isn't my only strength I Gridman can fix things was really cool (laughs) (laughs) I I mean I feel like this is a very sappy episode that we've we've done here, but like it's like it cannot be understated how important it is that this is a show that at the end of the day is about, you know, a hurt girl who yeah. cannot handle the world. And yeah. it is about the process of her healing. And it's all like allegorized through or allegory. I don't know what the actual like word word for that is. Like I don't know how to turn that <laughs> into a verb. Yeah. <laughs> but it becomes an allegory through the use of like tokusatsu. And you know, yes. you kind of you kind of get hints of, of this, right? Like where uh, Akane is someone who creates kaiju, who is a kaiju, who aligns herself with kaiju and likes kaiju. Like she actually knows things about kaiju, right? And we, mm-hmm. we learn that in the in the middle of the series, right? Well, mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's a very, like, big social weight that comes with that, where it's like, you know, you, you are identifying yourself with the villains of, yeah. of the, of, like, the show, right? You're identifying yourself in opposition to the heroes, you know, because a lot of people feel that way. And this is, like, something that is mirrored um, in uh, One Punch Man, like, uh, what's his name, like, Garo is is like this, where he's, like... I always wish the villains could have won. I'll become the best villain you'll ever see. And he's not like, I don't know if he's evil necessarily. Like I, that's not a, that's not a good word for it, but he still becomes an antagonist, right? It's like, right. And I, I love that Akane is like the antagonist, but also the like real main character of the show. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we get the show through Yuta's perspective, but it's really about Akane and Yes. The way that that turnaround is executed is very well done. And the fact that yeah. like the scene where, you know, Yuta is like looking at Rika and not at Akane is like they don't say anything. They just <laughs> show that to us and expect us to like know it and I'm like I'm just so proud. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like a proud a proud parent who's just like you did it. You did it, son. <gasps> <laughs> I, I, I genuinely loved this anime. 
Like I, I yes. wasn't expecting to even like halfway through because I was like, oh, this yeah, is a cool anime. Too. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm. It's been a while since I've watched like a like a tokusatsu thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it go, it does this, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I love this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, it, it it to me feels a lot more Gainax than Darling in the Franks ever did, which is funny. On all, all things considered, right? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, uh, this was this was the anime that i think trigger needed after frank's right oh like, absolutely like, yeah <laughs> y- you know what it's because it's the reason that i say this is because it, it feels very um it feels very ava but it actually feels a lot more uh foodie cootie it feels very foodie cootie at the mm. end and it, the reason I, I say that is because, you know, you have, um, I don't remember her name, but like Fire Girl who keeps playing that game where she's like God and she like sets fires. Um, and that feels oh, a lot like remember, Akane. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's also like an, an allegory for like puberty and growing up and being mm-hmm. a person in a society, right? All those things mm-hmm. that are painful and terrible and... Yeah, I'm 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 legitimately blown away at how like sophisticated I guess I would say the actual writing for Gridman was because it's like <laughs> this is this is like a what like a remake of like a 90s tokusatsu show. It is Oh, I love the nostalgic look of the final Gridman. <laughs> oh, the final Gridman was so good. I was oh like that is a guy God. in a rubber suit and I love it. <laughs> Like he looks so he looks so like janky eighties and I'm so about it. Was it. So good. I was so here for it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love that it, like in addition to the great storytelling, it hits all of the traditional notes of a tokusatsu. Yes, and yes. It absolutely it, it feels does. like yeah, it has a really good understanding of that genre and they know how to hit the right notes and and to and to showcase what they need to showcase that really makes it a tokusatsu yeah yeah totally yeah i i completely i completely Ugh, agree they even have um, the like the, the whole like the villain comes over and then becomes part of your out al- one of your allies oh i loved it oh, oh my god yes that turnaround <laughs> was so good just like i live to destroy you but that means you must live yes i was like yes oh <laughs> i love this <laughs> and then like the fact that they played like the the like really old I guess that, I think that is the original Gridman theme. But the it fact has that, to be, right? It has to be because it was so 80s. And I, yeah. I, the, the fact that they played it, I was like, oh, I am very about this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, every, everything that Gridman does, it feels yeah. like it comes from a, a place of, of love. Yeah. And it's like it's so carefully crafted. And I I fell in love with Gridman harder than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a great anime in general, and it's great for the uh, the age group that they're showcasing, right? Because it's basically like, hey, kids, uh, you know, we know you like anime, we know you like kaiju's and stuff, but treat your friends well. <laughs> yeah, pr- pretty much, right? Yeah, yeah. There's there's like a whole like story that we can infer from the show which is mm-hmm. really cool mm-hmm. yeah so yeah if i mean I'm, I'm just gonna go ahead and like wholeheartedly recommend zombie land saga and Gridman. just watch them like just just watch them 
<laughs> that, that that's my recommendation just watch yeah, them yeah <laughs> give them a try see if you like them Zombieland Saga is pretty like uh, you get you get what you're getting into from the get go like both of them are but yeah, they yeah. dive into it more deeply than you think in, in each of their own genres and I think it's it's stunning the way that they do so also the fights in Gridman get really cool at the end oh my god the end, they get really cool <laughs> like they Which progress is like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what's funny to me is that they kind of tackle this idea of, like, tokusatsu and, like, kaiju battles, right? Where they're just, like, yeah. um, with uh, the Yuta's friend Utsumi, where he's like, yeah. ah, so many people got hurt during that. But, like, I thought it was so cool when Gridman yeah. was fighting the monsters. <laughs> and, then, and then they're just like, I mean, yeah, right? Like, that's us. <laughs> <laughs> I know! Like, it's it so is. awful, but we're just like, it's oh, so yeah, Gridman, fuck him up. Destroy that monster. <laughs> hey. But, yeah, it's, um, it is, uh, I did not expect to like it as much as I did. Yeah. And I I wholeheartedly recommend it. And I yep. think a Grid- Gridman is, like, one of those things where you have to kind of, if you're not into the premise of it, you kind of have to watch. Like, you just have to keep grinding it out, basically. Because it does yeah. pay off in the end, at least in my opinion. Yeah. I think um, so too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. let's. Uh, well, actually, I'm gonna talk about. I'm gonna talk about Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai because it is very much in the same vein, except not quite as as like allegorical. It is a lot more straightforward because it externalizes a lot of the same anxieties and feelings as Gridman does. Yeah. Um, it executes all its arcs really solidly uh, solidly even until the end which is surprisingly hard it's very hard to write very consistently but it ends about as well as it begins which is nice and i just there there is like one thing which is that it kind of feels like um it kind of feels like oregaidu in the fact that it feels like there's more story in light novel or that it mm-hmm. continues on afterwards which is I mean that's fine. I, I think it works well enough as as a singular uh, singular piece, um, as like a twelve episode piece. Uh, yeah. But I love the fact that Rascal does not dream of Bunny Girl Senpai has a and, and like it's a it's it's such a like sharp way of looking at at like adolescence. Like the fact that um, so adolescent syndrome is like this this manifestation of uh, like the stuff that it it's like societal stuff but in the kind of microcosm of uh school right and like your peers and then it has it manifests physically as like um problems i guess uh, right say. so like so for example bunny girl senpai uh her her adolescent syndrome manifests in that people stop being able to perceive her right um, because she gets actively ignored by the people around her to the point that they basically stop, you know, acknowledging her existence yeah. entirely. And yeah. she literally starts to not exist in people's memories and whatnot, like even uh, people who should know her. And uh, they they have a couple of different examples of that, and I think the way that they explore it is really cool. And because the show is divided into different arcs, they don't overstay their welcome right Right. uh i i only got through like the first arc unfortunately which is the first three episodes um but uh 
my God, <laughs> those episodes flew by and they were so not in the terms of like, oh, it's so fast paced, but it was actually perfectly paced to the point that I was just like, okay, first episode. And then we watched right into the second episode. And it's like, okay, third episode. And I was like, that was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, it, wor- it works really well, even though yeah. they're like, very, they're very tightly written, I, I would yes. say, because it's like they the arcs take place over two, three, th- like two or three episodes. Yeah. Which is not a long time. No. But they manage to develop characters and then have an emotional payoff in that amount of time. And it's not going to be, I will, I will say, it's not going to be as great as uh, like something like uh, A Place Further Than the Universe. But yeah. But it is still going to be to be there and like you know there's stuff at the end that is also really impactful and very emotional and Mm -hmm. built up to very well Mm -hmm. um one thing that i love about this show is that the adults do not believe in adolescent syndrome like i i I love that they just don't get it right yeah like there's just the one reporter lady and then that's it no one else like i i love it because it is it's not only like you know good writing right because it's just like oh the adults can't help you out of this one right yeah. but it's also like good like empathy building and it shows you the perspective of what it's like to be an adolescent because yeah. these things are happening they're manifesting you can see them yeah. happening with your eyes yeah but people will like adults do not believe you they just don't see it and that's such yeah, a like- great way of like looking at how people are treated as adolescents yeah, like literally, what do you do when the person you see very clearly and, and know is disappearing is disappearing and you try and go to her mom about it and the mom cannot help. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And there's some other stuff at the end that I I really like. Like there's a twist where... um. Well, I, I, mean, I won't spoil it for you because you'll have Don't to watch it. Don't spoil it for me. I'm going to uh, watch you're it. You're going to watch it. I, I assume you're going to watch it eventually. Yes, um, I will. I love this anime. <laughs> but yeah, all of the characters that have uh, adolescent syndrome are, are really well done. And then the ending, I think, wraps it up well enough that it can stand alone. So Okay. Yeah. And, it, and it legitimately feels like... Like there's there it is it feels like a natural conclusion to to what's happening. Like mm. I I can't say too much about it because I don't want to spoil it for you personally. But yeah. um the the last episode is very good. Nice. That's that's all that's I'll say. That's what I like to hear. Um, yeah, I I feel like from from an animation standpoint, it was interesting. The whole like first of all, the advertising for the show. I'm still befuddled by it, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they clearly were leaning super hard on the bunny girl part of this show, even though, from what I've watched, she only wears it for, like, maybe one episode top, <laughs> right? Right. And uh, and yet, like, w- like, were they doing it to bait people who would love that kind of thing into this show, in which case they would probably stop watching after the first two episodes because they're like, this isn't what I wanted, or when is she going to put the suit on and then you learn that she's never going to put it back on? Or, uh, like, like, because also simultaneously that advertising would push away people like me who didn't even give this show a chance in the beginning, right? Because, like, yeah. I was just like, okay, look at this, you know, look at this cover, look at this title. 
uh, summary sounds eh, you know, and I didn't bother with it, right? Uh, and it turns out that this is exactly my kind of show. So, yep. yeah, I'm very confused by the advertising. I'm wondering if it was like a publisher idea or maybe if it was, you know, the actual studio's idea. Maybe they did it on purpose, but... I, th- I think yeah. it's just kind of like that. Like, I, yeah. I, I think the writer just writes a bunch of these, like, sleeper light novels where... It's like, oh, it baits you in with like a cute premise, and then you're suddenly you're like, oh my god, I have so many feelings. What is this? Reforming <laughs> society? I guess they're really hardcore targeting the people who would be in here for an etchy anime, and then hooking them with like, oh, but I want these two, these two people to be together, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe trying to get them to think more deeply rather than attracting the deep thinking audience already. And maybe the deep thinking audience will come by along eventually. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I think they uh, just, I think they just expect people <laughs> to like write off of the goodwill of, uh, this author's last work, which was, um, also pretty much like this where it was like, Oh, oh it starts out and it sounds kind of trashy. And then suddenly everyone is crying, including you. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I understand that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, um, is there another one that you want to talk about? Uh, oh, well, who would I recommend this for? I recommend this if you like serious drama stories. And if I, you like character yeah. development. And if you just, if you just, just want to just see some relationships <laughs> I I recommend it for people who actually want to see... A relationship in which it doesn't feel like the two characters are being pushed together, right? Yeah, yeah. That, it feels, like, it like feels very natural. <laughs> yeah. Literally, after my friends sat me down and we watched this, because they were like, you got to watch this. And I was like, okay, yeah, well, man. I'm here, so watch it. <laughs> uh, we went to go watch Aquaman. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, oh, which, first no. of all... From an animation standpoint, I love that movie because, like, my God, it was beautiful. Uh... From a from a relationship drama standpoint, it was exactly what you would expect out of a superhero movie, which is the two characters look at each other and they start falling in love. Oh, which Lord. I mean, you know, love at first sight, yada yada yada. Eh, but it didn't feel like they built up to anything significant. But by the end, they're kissing, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, Rascal does not dream of bunny girl senpai. Doesn't do that, like. These characters are looking at each other all the time, and a lot of the time they're fighting or, like, giving each other crap, and it's great. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and, uh, uh, yeah, so I love that. I, I'm i very intrigued by the fact that the way that the animation looks makes it look like a much older anime. Like, not, it, like, okay, 90s yeah, the anime. The style is very, like, kind of 2010. It's... It's yeah, it's early two thousands, right? And, yeah, like like early knots. Uh, yeah, like 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 uh, it's very almost hard-y. like Toradora or oh, anything it's very like that. Toradora. Yeah, right. And I'm I'm like this has to be purposeful, right? <laughs> I, I think I think so. I think it's just like the 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 style of the writing is also like that is the thing. Yeah. Right, because if you like Toradora, I think you're gonna like like Bunny Girl. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I maybe that, and that's what they could have been going for too. But I mean, yeah, I yeah. was gonna say like it is kind of the Toradora thing where they bait you in with one thing and they give you another thing, which is emotions. Yeah, you're just like, oh, this is this looks like a cute like you know anime that is kind of predictable, and then by the end you're like, oh, oh, 
Oh. Why? Why? Do we just exist only to hurt each other? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I love this show. Yeah, I. me too. Um, and, I mean, this is the, the studio that... I think they... They were... I mean, before they separated, right? They're Cloverworks now, but before... They were part of A1 Pictures, and they were, you know, mm. uh, before this, they were working on Darling in the Frank. So you imagine, like, like they had to have purposefully done this kind of story and this kind of animation style, because you know what they can do with that anime, and yet they did this. So, yeah, I think it was... I mean, I personally loved it. <laughs> like, I, I would highly recommend this to anyone who, like, actually likes to think about their anime rather than like sit and absorb because there's there's those kinds of series too where it's just like i just want to watch you know i don't want to think about nothing mm-hmm. uh, and yeah uh, this is definitely my kind of anime all right is there anything that you want to talk about before we sort of speed round the rest of this so that we're not here for like three hours uh no okay let's go with uh start with run with the wind Okay, uh, Run With Wind is if you, a lot of people like to compare it to Haikyuu because it looks just like a Haikyuu because it was done by the people who did Haikyuu, uh, but it's a slower paced show. It's about long distance running and the characters are wonderful. We talked about this in the Starto and it, it carries and builds throughout. It doesn't like left turn or anything. Um, and when they actually start doing the racing bits and start trying to get like uh times and stuff so they can qualify for the big big race it's awesome like the pacing starts to pick up you feel the competitive spirit and you want these boys to win so i highly recommend this show even if you're not necessarily into sports anime you might like this one because the characters are great nice hinamaru zumo thick boys wrestle opening is a bop ending is a bop (laughs) next (laughs) <laughs> next is jojo's bizarre adventure golden wind and even though it's continuing i wanted to mention it because i didn't mention it in the start though because i kind of forgot to and i also didn't have an opinion about it then but quick opinion is that the characters are quite different from the f- previous jojos if you've watched them you can jump into this one without having watched the others and be like i want some jojo weirdness but i don't want to go through all of that you can jump into this one and you'll get the same kind of feel for it it's all about the battles is very battle focused and they got some really strange powers going on and the way that they interact is very very cool the mar- the writing for the battles feels so smart uh and i'm really enjoying it so far nice uh, also the w- ending song i hate it i hate the ending song i usually like the ending songs because they'll pick awesome ones this one i hate <laughs> anyway <laughs> i feel like araki picks these because he's like a weird like western nerd it feels like it, and, and he has some good picks, but this one is just, like, all about sexuality, so it's very weird when you have a climactic, like, a, you know, That's cliffhanger, funny. and then suddenly there's this dude singing about how he wants to frick down with a lady. Nice. <laughs> you know what? It do just be like that. All right, Banana Fish. It's gay, gay crime drama. It's very good. I unfortunately have not finished it because I'm bad and I don't have time to do anything anymore. <laughs> but it's good. <laughs> but it's good. It's good. I will finish it. And that's saying something because, you know, I don't finish anything that doesn't last the season, basically. 
because <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm kind of the worst. So uh, get back to me in like a month, and I might have uh, finished it by then. Next. Yay. Next. Uh, Car- I Car- Car- uh, how about Karakukri? <laughs> Karakukri. Yeah, that, that circus, but with the, the knives. <laughs> uh, this show is also continuing, but I wanted to mention that, well, Soup and I had stopped watching together around episode three, and I continued on. Uh, and episode four is when it really gets down to it y'all you think that you know what this show is up with like like the first three episodes you're like oh a kid joins these these two people one of them circus lady one of them's a funny man oh my god the episode four is like such a hot mess but the end the end though you're like what <laughs> what just happened uh because i never read the mago four and uh yeah so sent from there it goes super crazy if you love super duper duper anime just just anime anime <laughs> like i don't know how else to describe it that's all the stuff that you're like wow this could only happen in an anime that's what katakuri circus is i feel like that sounds about right <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um yeah uh i i actually have been really enjoying it uh i tend to enjoy more crazy shonen type anime that uh, have some level of storytelling so yeah <laughs> nice yeah goblin slayer it's basically D. just skip the first episode the cg never gets any better <laughs> it's just they just they just cg him when he's standing there i don't oh, know why no. <laughs> next Next is Golden Kamui second season. Bro, I don't know how they did this because the first season was already so good, but the story just gets better. <laughs> yeah, man, I love Golden Kamui. <laughs> man, it's so good. And uh, the CG in this also never gets any better. You would think that it would get better because it's, ah, it's the second season. It's the same. No, no, <laughs> it's, it's okay. Who knows? Maybe season three will give us like really high quality bears and we'll just be like, whoa. <sighs> <gasps> oh, I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's give, let's give us photographs of the bears. <laughs> I know they'll just be like, <laughs> like real, across. real ass bears. <laughs> 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 um. Yeah. So I, I really, really love this series. I'm so in love with this series, and I really hope that there's a season three. I knew you it would like ones. it. I knew yes. you would like it. I need yes. to catch up because <laughs> I need to get ready for season three. All right. Yeah. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, somehow we've, we've been, okay. Okay. This season was so hard to wrap up because there were so many good anime. Yeah. In fact, there were, <laughs> there were more great anime in this one season than there have been in like certain years. Let's yeah, I mean, at least ones that appeal to us, right? Which we, well, of yeah. course, have very I mean, I, I have tastes, very but... specific tastes, but yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. But, like, j- just generally, I feel like a ton of great stuff came out. Not just in oh, yeah. the last season, but, like, the last year. Yeah. There was so much good stuff. Like, last yeah. year was so good. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it, it began really strong, right? Because there were so many anime from Winter that I really, really loved. And then it ended so strong, too, because there's so many from this season that we weren't even able to keep up with, but we wanted to because we love them all. <laughs> I know. This is the first. 
Yeah. Usually if we drop something, it's because we just don't care enough. But no, it's like yeah, exactly. literally we don't have enough physical time in the day to fit this in. Yeah. Like banana fish. Oh, I need to finish banana fish. Oh, banana fish. All right. Um, yeah, I, I think that's that's it. We've, we've managed to wrap everything up. Uh, let's quickly give it our names and where we can find us so that we can skedaddle. You, Skidoodle. go. Ah. I'm Renu. Uh, you could also call me Swan. I am on Twitch and Twitter and Tumblr at Swandron. You can find me on Instagram at Swan.Dron. This coming uh, probably next two weeks, I will be finishing up Yakuza Kiwami 2. And uh, at the end of the month, I will be in Kingdom Hearts Hell like everyone else that I nice. know. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. I don't know anything uh, about Kingdom Hearts because I only played, I think, 358 over 2. I think even if you did know anything about Kingdom Hearts, you would still just be as confused as me. Do you know what? <laughs> I think that's valid. <laughs> I, I think that's incredibly valid. There are so many videos on YouTube trying to explain the plot of Kingdom Hearts and... Yes. It never gets easier to understand. <laughs> it's it's okay. Like Kingdom Hearts is one of those weird arcane series that has like mm -hmm. 8000 games and you don't understand how any of it works. It's kind of like Nier. We're just like Yoko Taro, <laughs> what are you doing? He's just like I don't know. I just listen, I made a game uh like four of them, five, six, I don't know, a bunch of them. Uh this one has robots in it. And you're like cool. You're going to play it. And you're gonna love it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, uh, I can't wait because it's looking to be a beautiful game and fun like all the other Kingdom Hearts. So, yeah, that's where you can find me. Nice. Uh, what about you? You can find me uh, all the places at Literal Soup. I am going to start school tomorrow as tomorrow. of the time of this recording. But also... As of the time of this release, I will have school tomorrow. Um, so it's still relevant. But I will, I will be going to school. And I'm getting, this is my hell quarter, so uh, I'm just going to have to brave through it. I'm just going to have to grind it out, get through it. Um, and then, yeah, I will... Uh, other than that, I mean, really, I'm just going to do my best in school. Like, I'm, I'm just kind of gonna <laughs> shove off all my other responsibilities and not think about them uh, I'll just, I'm just I'll gonna just, do my best <laughs> I'll retreat from society I won't talk to anybody for the next 10 or so weeks um, but yeah anyway I bought I bought a planner to like actually write things in it's the first time I ever used a planner for more than like a day I'm yeah I've been, I've, I've used it every day so far this year yeah which is a week now which is actually more impressive than I <laughs> sounds i guess i feel like after the first two days you kind of lose motivation but i've still kept up with it more or less um even though sometimes i just use it as a checklist it's it's a nice flexible planner you know you can just do whatever you want with it so i um other than that will be probably cooking my friend got me a cookbook for uh my like for the secret santa thing because he knows that i like to cook uh and i'm just gonna see if i can just make every recipe in that sucker basically Whoa. Yeah. I probably probably won't get that far, uh, but I'll try. I'll give it the old college try. You are in college. I I yeah, I am I am in college. Um 
I'm not sure how to end this episode really because I feel like I feel like Akechi Goro has has kind of Are suffered. Are you done enough. dancing on his grave? I think I think we're we're done. We we were we're leaving that in 2018. Aww. But I That's don't so really, heartwarming. But I don't really know what to replace it with, which is kind of the problem. I mean, clearly you have to spite someone else. I, I maybe, but I don't have anyone else that I like hate as much, really. <laughs> as a catchy girl. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just hate him so much. <laughs> I don't. Really, I don't know. no one else. Uh, nope. No, no, not that I can, not that I could think of. You know what? Actually, so this is a this is completely off topic, and I can't believe that I'm like extending the ending of our podcast like this. But uh, I don't know why, but for whatever reason, you know what got stuck in my head recently? And I, actually, I know the reason it was because I was binging Ava because of the podcast. Uh, but I got stuck in my head recently the like clip where it's just Asuka, but she's saying chance, chance, <laughs> what chance. <laughs> She's like, chance. Chance. And then like, it, it's, it's, I think it's one of those scenes in episode like 25 or 26 where, um, oh, maybe, maybe it's earlier. I don't know. It's the one where like Asuka has to, has to hear all of, uh, the other like women voice actors say her lines. She's just like, chance. 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 I don't know why I got that stuck in my head, but I was, I did that like 40 times while making breakfast the other day. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it gets it gets kind of weird in here. So, yeah. Chance. Chance. <laughs> That's it. That's the end of the podcast. No. I'm just going to end it on that. One. Uh- <laughs> and then figure out what I should do next week. <laughs> <laughs>